Welcome, guys, to episode one of this hockey podcast, and we're, we couldn't be any happier to get this thing underway Part of the 2021-2022 NHL regular season. I'll be one of your hosts. My name is Ty Brodeur, and I just wanted to, I, I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving weekend. Hope you had lots of time to spend with your family and loved ones, but I'd love to introduce you to my fellow hosts, Ty No and Ty Koshi. Hey guys, I'm Cameron. Um, my favorite team is the Montreal Canadiens, and my favorite player is Roman Yossi, defenseman like myself. Um, I've, I've been playing hockey ever since I was about seven, and recently, over the last couple of years, I've gotten into hockey fantasy. And yeah, off to Tyno. Uh, my name is Ty. My favorite team, I'd have to say, is the Tampa Bay Lightning, and Call me a bandwagon, but I like the Nikita Kucherov. Um, I've played defense my entire life since I was five, and I started fantasy hockey with Koshi. Yes, sir. Yep, just like these two. Um, been a big hockey fantasy guy the last probably three to four years now. I've been in a couple leagues with them. Actually, we just got our league started two weeks ago. We had our draft. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be very competitive this year season just started tonight it was super exciting get to watch our players favorite players favorite teams but for myself my favorite team's the Edmonton Oilers that's my hometown team favorite player is he's an idol to me um like funny enough it's Marty Broder I'm a goaltender myself too and that's just that's he's been my idol ever since uh, I've been playing the game I think I was five or six. So that's that's 12 years now. It's time flying by. I can remember my first time getting on the ice. But my, my sec- and then already my, my second favorite team is the Devils. I'm really liking the direction they're going in right now with young, present, future. They got you know all these young prospects, but also guys who are kind of starting to come into their own. They got these veterans. I... I they're, they're a team that I think will surprise a lot of people this year. And oh. I actually think can make the playoffs, even in that tough Metro division. Oh, yeah. Well, even speaking about their goaltending tandem, it's very solid, but I have no clue what they're going to do when Mackenzie Blackwood won't be able to play for them. <sighs> yeah, yeah, but I think, I think they're uh, looking pretty strong on the back end with some experience from Dougie Hamilton and some new new guys like Ty Smith that are pretty excellent defensemen like people compare Ty Smith to like a Tyson Berry type of player um you also have Jack Hughes Jack Hughes on the front end and he I see a bright future for him and that team yeah I would have to agree with that Right, so, Dougie Hamilton, biggest addition to that team in the offseason. Great signing. He's he's been consistently Excellent. a top ten fantasy defenseman, even a top five. I'd say a consensus top five in my opinion. It's just he's really well rounded. Can cover shots, hits. He's a power play one guy, and getting getting a an experienced defenseman like him on the Devils with a very young team, I think his presence is going to make a big difference. Hundred percent agreed. <clears throat> so, um, the question today is, 
who would you rather have on your team? McDavid? Or to build a team around McDavid, Crosby, or McKinnon? And why? Ty, you can start us off. Ready? All right, guys. Um, that's a tough one because, I mean, for some, some people would say there's only one right answer, but I think you can make a case for all of them. But for me, I'm going to go with Connor McDavid just because, number one, his age, he's the youngest. He has probably the highest ceiling if he hasn't hit it yet. He's reaching consistently 100-plus points each season, even in the shortened season. And the way that he's able to make his fellow wingers better, just his playing ability, his sense of the game, his ability to score, play, make, it's just, it's incredible. And the fact that he's only 25 years old, or 25 years old, and he hasn't even reached his peak yet, that untapped potential, and, you know, it just, it takes time for some players to have success. Like, look at Ovechkin took him, what, 12, 13 years to win a cup. I think that considering stories like that, one day the Oilers have success with McDavid, can just keep improving and over time it's going to happen so i would have to go with mcdavid just that untapped potential yeah well while i agree with mcdavid obviously uncapped skill best player in the league by far i'd have to go Sidney crosby just because of his leadership skills in pittsburgh i mean he's led the team to three stanley cups and youngest captain named in 2007 pushing mid-30s but I still like him over Ovechkin. Unpopular opinion, but I like <laughs> Crosby over Ovechkin. Anyways, Koshi, what do you think? Yeah, um, I'm gonna have to go with McKinnon. First off, of like, he's a big body. He's a like a fast, strong. He he can fin- use finesse. Um, he's a leader on and off the ice. You know, I've seen I've read articles where he's like, he doesn't take the game as a joke, and neither do the other guys. But I think he's just super committed to the game to his team he's willing to take lower contracts for his team shows loyalty to his team um seems just like an, a good player to play with and a good player to start your team around because he has enough skill and excellent leadership skills and i and i really see him with a bright future like colorado avalanche are bound to win a cup eventually they're an excellent team and yeah that's all got so maybe we should um start on the our draft picks and why we picked them. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yep. So yeah. we had our draft two weeks ago. Um, interesting draft to say the least. <laughs> For the most part, it was pretty good. Like guys were falling in spots, which most people could expect. But when you do fantasy drafts, sometimes you're gonna see guys who get reached on, or just somehow fall to the bottom, and you're just your head like how is he still here um but for the for the i'd say for the first round first couple rounds it was pretty pretty guys weren't really moving up or down the board for what they're usually taken at or what they're projected to be but do you want to just go through the 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 order or the 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 draft order or do you want to sure yeah we can start? start with that and then we can move into our own teams yeah, sure. Yeah, so the obvious two first picks, um, <laughs> I'd say have to be Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Some people can make a case for Nathan McKinnon being drafted over Dreisaitl, 
But, I mean, that firepower on Edmonton's top six, it's hard to pass on now. That's yeah, it'd be the best offensive team in the league, say Leon. I have to say. It's it's hard to – you can't pass up on Leon because he's always going to be – for the last couple of years, he's only been going up. He's been improving as a player, getting his shot. Like, he's that point on the right circle near the bottom. It's just he's just consistent. They were with for power play points, power play goals more specifically, and he's been putting up tons of points that way. And yeah, I'd, I would take him over McKinnon, even though McKinnon, I'd say overall is a better player in my opinion. He he just um, Drysdale manages to get more points each season, and which is better obviously for fantasy. Right, you have to consider power play points and goals because most leagues goals and power play points are valuable. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some guys might be better in real life, but in fantasy, you got to remember cat- what what categories your leagues are including and who these guys are exposed to. That's the biggest yeah. thing is if they're a power play guy or not, you know, who who are their line mates? That that's yeah. the most important thing to consider when forming your team. Yeah, 100% agreed. Uh moving on, the next three picks were Nikita Kucherov, Miko Rantanen, and Austin Matthews. What do you guys think of those? Um I think they are in their spot. They're they're they all seem like. I mean, some people might pick Matthews before Rantanen, but other than that, I mean, they're both. They're all in the right spot. Yeah, I don't think there was any surprising pick there. Austin Matthews, he's probably going to win the Rocket Richard again this year if he could stay healthy, of course. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the goals that you have last. Year? season imagine how much he could get in the full 82 games right yep. maybe 60 plus exactly. yeah and remember in fantasy goals are worth more than assists so oh yeah 100 percent agree you're gonna get the, you're gonna rack up those points and then talking about nikita kucherov tampa bay's power play is incredible they're just yeah, they're they... so overpowered the way that they set up and the the amount of <laughs> shots on goal they can generate out of that it's for any goaltender or penalty kill unit to stop it. And he's just going to rack up a bunch of power play points and assists alongside Brayden Point and Steven Stamkos. Yeah, it's, a, it's a threat from three angles. You Stamkos, Kucherov, Hedman at the point, and you're just like, what can you do when you have players just surrounding you with like all-star level players? <laughs> yeah, so. there's just so much firepower on that power play. Um, I feel like, obviously, the Pittsburgh game just happened against Tampa Bay. Tampa oh, yeah. Bay took the loss 6-2. to two. Um, Yeah, I think they just got caught flat-footed, maybe a little overconfident after having a very strong preseason. Right. Uh, do you guys think it's anything to worry about, a 6-2 loss? No. No, I, I think Tampa Bay is, um, as much as I don't like them, they're a really good team. They're defensively and offensively excellent. And you should see the way, the way, the reason they beat so many teams, the reason they're able to play at a higher level and a higher pace is the way they move the puck. And another team I see do that a lot is um, Florida. That's why that, that match between them last year in the playoffs, it was probably, I'd say, the best playoff series in the whole thing because it was the pace they're being with the hits and it was the movement of the puck that actually was making the game faster. 
and that's what they're able to do really well. Yeah, I like I, I like that you brought that up. Um, yeah, I watched most of the game, and to be fair, three of those goals were empty netters, so it was a little bit closer than what the scoreboard said. But oh, yeah. I mean, considering that they didn't have Crosby, or Falcon, I mean, beating Tampa fans, Bay, like some fans might be concerned, but it's it's just one game. Um, Andre Vasilevsky can't stand on his head tonight. Like, yeah, he is the best goaltender in the league. I, I mean, some people might disagree, but just the fact that he's been so consistent the past, what, three, four seasons now, and just his, his single hand, like, save percentage and goals against, he, he's so able to that team, but he's so, he's so, there's so many times where he's undervalued just because. People assume, oh, Tampa Bay is such a good team. He he has such a good d- defensive core in front of him, but that's not true. You look at the playoffs last year with Florida, like Cameron brought up. Tampa, or sorry, Florida outshot them almost every game. Yeah. But Vasilevsky kept them in those games. And I think you should expect a lot of a lot out of Big Cat this year. And I don't think one is concerning at all. Like teams have bad games and I think what 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 was it? Tyreek Cameron said they might have just came out a little bit too overconfident after that strong preseason. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Obviously, Tampa Bay being my favorite team, I still think they're gonna be repeat, but that's a little biased. Yeah, you never know. Uh, So moving on to the final four picks of the top ten, and then we can move to significant picks. We had Vasilevsky at seven. Pasternak at 8, Ovi at 9, and Panarin at 10. What do you guys think of those? Um, I mean, only one. Actually, you know, it's all about the first round usually is about, like, I don't know, your favorite player usually. And because there's a lot of players that like put up similar points. Right. Like I know Luke picked Ovechkin. But it was it was quite obvious Luke's gonna pick Ovechkin. That's the only one I would say was questionable because he had the option for Panarin. And any day of the week, I would take Panarin over Ovechkin. Not like maybe a couple of years ago, I'd taken Ovechkin, but Panarin's on the come up, and Ovechkin's you know he's just, he's kind of on the way down of his career. Not saying that he isn't still one of the best players in the league. He's just I'd take Panarin over him. Fair enough. What about you, Ty? What do you think? Um. Well, yeah, obviously Ovechkin at nine. I would not have stretched that high. But, I mean, he he can pop off, you know? Yeah. He Like him, his slap shot is unbeatable. Obviously, EA Sports thinks that, giving him the top slap shot power. In <laughs> NHL 22. <laughs> um. But anyway, speaking of Ovechkin, do you guys think he'll break Gretzky's record? Ooh, this is a good one. I've yeah, I've always talked about this one. Uh, honestly, that is the. I think that's one of the toughest questions that's currently out there right now. And I think if they didn't have the NHL go, what was it, nine, ten years ago, and the Olympic breaks and the shortened COVID season, I think it would have been a hundred percent guaranteed he does. And I. Good chance he does, but I'm gonna say he does break it by a slim margin. Yeah, I think he, I think he's gonna get. He's he's not gonna beat it like a whole bunch, but he's gonna. He, I think he's gonna pass it. 
Yeah. And I think what yeah. he's on a five year contract right now. So let's say he puts up forty goals each of those seasons. He's almost got it. Yeah. I mean how I much like how much is he there. behind by? Isn't it like a hundred sixty, a hundred or something? So if he if he puts up what thirty each season even thirty maybe thirty five each season, he could catch him. Yeah, yeah. I mean at a couple of years he could reach forty plus, but yeah, like like uh, Cameron said, he's on his uh, not downfall, but he's he's starting to regress. He's getting up to um, yeah. he so, won't slow down to the point where he's on the third fourth line not producing. Yeah. But he's not going to be known as like a top five player anymore, top ten player. I just have no, a question yeah. for uh, Sidney Crosby, pick sixteen by Luke again. It seems like he's living in two thousand and seven here. It's just. He's, uh, he's picking on, I mean, they're obviously good, consistent players, but that's a bit high pick for. Um, I think that's Crosby high for Crosby. Uh, I, I would have. There's a couple options I would have taken over Crosby for sure. It's yeah, for 16th place. No, I feel like for like maybe a Braden Point to Zibanejad or something like that. Barkov, lots of us that are only players, just like Crosby down in that. Area. Yeah. I mean, I do like Crosby there just because of his line mates in Gensel and Rust. But I I do have to agree, 16 is a bit high. Um, yeah. I don't mind the pick. I Like I like talked about earlier, I think from late first round to early second round, and maybe even later on in the draft, I see those as preference picks. One of the guys are very similar and close to each other. But the one concern about Sidney Crosby, and it's I think it's been this way for most of his career's concerns, if he can't play a full season, that's going to hurt your fantasy team not getting <laughs> those consistent games. Exactly. And the fact that he's on injured reserve right now with a wrist injury isn't helping his case at all. No, it's just it, it seems like the same story repeats itself every year. Yeah, and, and it sucks because he's an awesome player and it's fun to watch him play. But yeah, he's really injury prone. It's too oh, bad. Such a talented player. I feel like player. we kind of, I feel like we kind of uh, neglected David Pasternak there. We didn't mention him once at pick eight. I mean, we all know Pasta. He's gonna put up goals. You know, just he's just a good player. He's just, I I think he deserves to be picked up pretty that high. Him and Marshan, you could both make the yeah. same case for. They're gonna get goals. They're gonna get assists. Boston's and, team. They've always been a top team the past and, decade. They've consistently been up there. Even in that tough Atlantic division, they've they've managed My to just consistently uh, been in the playoff. Line in the league is the Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak. That's my favorite because not only can like they're absolutely sick offensively, just they have a awesome defense. Like in the defensive zone, they're you know Marchand is just gonna harass you, <laughs> and like you know you have Bergeron, just an absolutely awesome player, nice center right there, and then. But they, who do they have at the back end? They got they got a McAvoy, definitely oh, McAvoy. a top ten D man. Yeah, so like I think Boston's a pretty good team. I don't once again they're a team I don't like a lot. Marchand isn't a player I like a lot, <laughs> but he's he's good. You can't you can't just because you don't like him you can't just say he's not good. He's an awesome player, but 
and you'd love to have I'd love to have him on my team I'd love to have him as a teammate because you know he's what he's not the biggest player but he plays like a monster when he's on the ice so that's what I think about uh, those two yep yeah. speaking well, of Marshan um ca- category coverage he does absolutely everything on the ice a lot of these Boston forwards mm-hmm. they're very they're well-rounded two-way game. Yep. Bergeron, we know him as an elite two-way center. He's won the Selkie, what, three, four times? Yeah. Super valuable. I mean, yeah, defensive stats aren't really covered in fantasy, but still being exposed to two elite wingers, it's still yep. going to make you a top 30 player. Yeah. No doubt about it. Definitely. Well, right. just um, sticking on Boston, just sticking on Boston for a sec, Broder, you're a goalie guy. How do yep. you think they're tandems look in this season with the grass scout yeah they they did lose halak in the free agency that's that's been a he's a veteran i, I think he's a good goal too tuka rask situation's interesting i think once he's healed from that surgery i could see him coming back and then that they'd almost have a three-headed monster i think jeremy Sweeman's. i, I think he's NHL ready. He proved it last year in the 10 games he played or whatever. 9-4-5 save or something like that. Something crazy like that. And then we know Linus Allmark. I think he's going to excel in Boston. In Buffalo, he was putting up like a solid 9-2-0 save on like the worst team in the league. Mm-hmm. So honestly, on, on, on Boston, the limit for him. He could have I think him and Swimmer are going to have a great season. Even if Tukarask isn't back, I think those two are going to do really well. On with yeah, well, obviously the good offense, but even a solid defensive core in front of them. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, anyways, we can move on to significant picks. People you think were drafted too high or too low? Jockett, you want to start us off, or Brother? Yeah, um, there was. I remember doing the draft and seeing a couple guys really, really climb the board. I'm like, wow, how do they get up there? There's a couple guys that are popping up in my head right now, like Zach Hyman, going at what, like pick sixty four or something. Yeah, that that surprised because he. I don't even think he was drafted in our league last year, and then all of a sudden he's getting drafted in the fifth, sixth round. That kind of caught me off guard, but I guess the one case. For him being deserving of that pick would be his exposure to either Connor McDavid or Leon Draisaitl at all times throughout the season. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. those are the two best fantasy players, and he's he's gonna he's gonna excel in his role with the Oilers. He might even get some power play one time, and I would expect him to probably put up roughly sixty high or sorry low sixty high fifty points, just being yeah, exposed to those two that. players. Yeah. Um, Cameron, how do you feel about Elias Pettersson being drafted at 50th in our league? Elias Pettersson, um, I believe he could he could have gone a bit um, higher, but let me just see who went before him. Let's see. Um, we got Ehlers, Varmalov, Freddie Anderson, and Petrangelo with the picks. Yeah, um, let's see. Elias Pettersson, there's a lot. Of, I think that was an underrated pick. I think he should have honestly gone right after about Morgan Riley. Another questionable pick, questionable pick by Luke. Um, oh yeah, I remember that. 
<laughs> he, could have, that he, he could have had an awesome center instead of Morgan Riley. I know Morgan Riley's an awesome defense, but I would have taken um, Elias Pedersen over him. Kyle Ooh. Connor, I would have taken Elias Pedersen over him. Yeah. Um, Brady Kachuk, no, I, he's he's pretty good. Um, but yeah, all of these picks are valid, but. Ehlers, I would have also taken Elias Patterson over him. I know Winnipeg's probably a better team overall, but um, Elias Patterson just a better player than my those two, in my opinion. But he hasn't really been showing up within these last couple of years, or maybe just last year. But I feel like that's about to change. So, yeah, that's how I feel about it. Well, yeah, speaking of uh, Winnipeg, Obviously, Kyle Connor and Nikolai Ehlers being drafted very high. Are you guys hopping on the Winnipeg Jets fantasy bandwagon? Um, here's the thing. I'm going to have a bit of bias because they knocked Oilers out. <laughs> but Fair enough. Um, I think their defense is huge and solid. <laughs> they have fast forwards. They have big forwards. They out. They bodied the Oilers out of the rink last playoffs. Um, but I feel like they're just they're just not on that level of like a, a of a like a Tampa Bay or let's see a Colorado. Like they're not on that level. They don't have that same gameplay. I would I would even think Florida's starting to get up there. They're getting additions to their team. I mean, a little bit better goaltending because that's they kind of let them down last playoffs. I feel, but um, other than yeah, that's yeah, that's my opinion on that. Yeah, I would have Where to agree you? with Cameron on that one. Um, Winnipeg, I I watched them bounce our Oilers out in the playoffs, and they were physical. They were fast. They just dominated them in almost every single way. It felt like. Um, but yeah, speaking about Winnipeg. Yeah, I don't think they're like that S tier team, but I would have them somewhere between six and ten. Where like they're not like a, a contender favorite, but I could see them going far in the playoffs with their top six. But I think they also made enough additions to really take the next jump, adding Nate Schmidt, um, Brandon Dillon, and then Logan Stanley, I think's gonna have a bigger role now. He's he's such a big. It's I don't. It, that's that tough guy? playing against him. Um, they traded Liney for. Oh yeah, Pierre Luc Dubois. We didn't even mention him. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. He he's gonna he's gonna be more comfortable with his team this year. That was kind of a unfortunate situation last year. Him and Liney, they kind of I felt like they were held back a little. They had to go to a new team. They they had to isolate. That really took it. I'm sure that took a toll on them, physically, mm-hmm. mentally. But I think I think get a bigger role this year. Hopefully, get some power play time. Maybe get some time at center where he, that's his true position. But we're not even we're, we're forgetting to mention they have Connor Connor Hellebuck. He's like probably yeah. the second best player in the league. He he could absolutely even if that team's struggling, still games for them. And he's been consistently a top goalie the past few years. He's won the Vesna Trophy. He was. Unreal in the playoffs last year. I can't see how this team can make the top four, maybe even the Stanley Cup finals. Mm-hmm. 
Well, going a little later into our draft, in I'd say about the 120 ranges, we saw one team take the duo of Brent Burns and Eric Carlson. What are your guys' opinions on that? Ooh, um, I, I drafted Brett Burns last year pretty high, and I was pretty disappointed. Uh, can't really blame that, though. The Sharks aren't a very good team. But yeah, both of them are well past their primes. They're not they're not top five elite defensemen anymore, but I I'd say for where they were drafted, it's not bad, but I think it's a risk taking both of them as your fourth and fifth D man. If the Sharks are not a good team again, you're you're gonna be getting guys with a terrible plus minus, maybe not putting up as many points as you wish. But I think taking both that late or taking both of those guys i don't think that's a good idea i would if i was going to take a chance it'd just be one of them yeah no that's fair especially with san jose's offense looking very shaky um a little biased because he played on edmonton i feel like andrew cogliano you know best player on their team (laughs) um yeah anyways we i can see william eklund's getting second line minutes on that team would you guys give a rookie that many minutes? Um, to be honest, I don't really know who that is. <laughs> but but that, but what what that says is something about their offensive depth. Because I've never considering I've never heard who he is. <laughs> I I don't assume him to be of like like to be a, the best a really good rookie. So for him to be on the second line, I mean, makes you question. Oh yeah, yeah. There's there's enough. another rookie in the similar kind of boat as Eklund. Um, I mentioned his name, Cole Sillinger on Columbus. Yeah, as he, he could be getting first center minutes this year, and I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think it's not by Columbus. If you look at their roster, you notice that they're not very deep center wise. Like they, they do have guys. Domi's still recovering from that inch. Not sure when he's gonna be back. Originally it was gonna be like December, but I, I do think I heard that he was getting some preseason action and he could actually be back quite but other than um if you take away Cole Cylinder, their only centerman would be like Jack Ross, like Boone Jenner. Like it's it's not that deep. So I think yeah. him that kind of role, I think it, I think it's like a perfect opportunity for him and I think Playing alongside Patrick Laine and Jacob Forchek, that could be a really good uh, booster for him. Could really come in and hopefully impress, but it's just a good opportunity for him to get. Maybe it could take some time for him just being a rookie and getting your first NHL action. That's going to be a big adjustment, but Columbus is not a, you know, a playoff team, so there's no pressure there. Just getting reps and then hopefully just maybe being their number one center in the future. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, Another question. Who do you guys have as your biggest breakout candidate this season? Biggest breakout? Um, Zegras. Zegras. Trevor Zegras. Why is that? I mean, based off his preseason performance, and then, I mean... What is is he? He's not a rookie. Like he played a bit last season, but I feel like the Ducks aren't a team you can really break out of. But as a a player, an improvement, I feel like he's 
on the verge of being pretty good. Well, yeah, Anaheim's uh, top six is very shallow. Yeah, so he's going to be playing quite a bit. But... Yeah. All right, Ty, what about you? Um, This may seem like the obvious pick, but I have uh, Sam Reinhardt on a line, I believe it's with Barkov and Verhage, if I'm not mistaken. No, you're right. Yep. Yeah. Well, just seeing what Verhage did and Sam Bennett did with a very stacked Florida team. Like, I like them this season. Yep. I, I feel like he can, like, I'd say Verhage break a player last year. I'd say Sam Bennett, or not Bennett, sorry. Reinhardt's the breakout player this year. Yeah, I think that's a fair prediction. Um, yep. Florida is such a deep, mm-hmm. like, they, they might have the deepest, like, forward lines in the whole league. Like, that's why I love they, they got Patrick Hornquist and Frank Vitron fourth line. What does that tell you about yeah. the team? That's it. That's insane. But, okay, for me, my breakout player candidate for the year is Jack Hughes. I'm very high on Jersey Devils this year. I think they made enough additions to really put themselves in that playoff conversation, even in the tough Metro division. Um, but the thing about Jack Hughes is it usually takes players three to four years to really break out. And having a decent rookie season and second season, I think he's really bound to break out in his third season. And having that full season to consistently improve, um, I think him and Yuger sharing are going to have a good duo up front. And then you also got Nico Heischer and uh, Thomas Tatar, new, newest addition on that second line. But I think Jack Hughes is going to break out into like a 70, 80 point, point score. And I would not sleep on the Devils this year. Yes, they've had some troubles the years. Yes, they've gotten the number one overall pick multiple times, but I wouldn't rule them out. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, so just starting to wrap up, I think our last question should be, who do you guys feel like the player that will regress the most this season? Who do you think it'll be? Hmm. Ty, you can go first. I'm kind of stuck on that question. I haven't actually really thought about that at all. Yeah. <laughs> I know we mentioned Alexander Ovechkin, and that's... It doesn't mean like regression to the where he's not going to be able to produce, but it's not being able to maintain that elite level of play. Yeah. Um, I think for me, regression wise, one guy that's in my head right now is Mike Smith. Mm-hmm. And my reason for that is I, I don't think he can maintain what he did last year, which was an incredible compete level and and you got in the full we're playing a full 82 game season this year we can't rely on him for most of those games like in the short season we could kind of get away with him playing a bunch of games but at 39 almost 40 years old there's no way he's going to be able to play more than 50 games so mm-hmm. I think he might take a little bit of a hit this year but he he's proven before that you can't sleep on him like, you know, after that first season with Edmonton, I know a lot of fans were disappointed, too happy when they brought him back. But he, I think he really proved a lot of people wrong last year. But I don't think he can maintain what he did last year. We're going to need Miko Koskinen to take a step up, which I think he will. But 
if I had to pick someone, it'd probably be him just because of age. Yeah. Yeah. I'd go with um Oliver Ekman Larson. I I mean, he's been regressing for a while now. And I mean Luke's once again legendary team picked a unlegendary pick at <laughs> one oh five for a player who's regressing, who's not on the best team, who was who's been going down for a couple of years. And just I just don't see his future getting much better. I see him just slowly fading out. Yeah. I I don't know if I like I do like him on Vancouver, but he will definitely not be what he used to be. Yeah. Right. And I'd say for me, I know this might be an unpopular pick, and I know Broder, you're very high on him. But my regression candidate would have to be Joe Pavelski. Yeah, well, I'd kind of have to agree with you a little bit. I'm just, his age, um, with Tyler Sagan coming back, Jamie Benn, obviously, he's he's out of the mix, right? <laughs> he regressed last year. But yeah, for me, I'd have to say Joe Pavelski is my regression candidate. Yeah, and then adding to that Joe Pavelski... Um, I had him on my fantasy team last. Year. I drafted him again this year. Um, I'm happy with that Dallas Stars team. I also got Rupe Hints, so I have that line stacked right now. But degree, he can't maintain what he did last year. He's not going to be a top 25 fantasy point producer like last year. But but for the pick on him at, it's still like I got him at pick. I think a hundred in the hundred tens. So yeah, I think even if he regresses a lot, it's gonna be worth the pick, right? Yeah, it's and, basically a low risk, high reward. But right, he gets goals. He gets a lot of power play goals. I think he was actually one of the leaders in power play goals last season. So mm-hmm. you gotta remember in fantasy, power play points and goals, those are very valuable. So yeah. he will take a step back for sure. I, I think Tyler Sagan's gonna be definitely a much bigger role. And I think that's also gonna take a lot of pressure off Joe Pavelski having that extra guy in the lineup mm-hmm. yeah no not a not a bad take at all you have to remember he's what 36 years old now yeah he's getting to the end of his career and just speaking on your dallas star stack of rupe hints and joe pavelski i have my own stack of vancouver players i believe i have horvat besser and demko and i'm just wondering what your guys's opinion is on stacks on on Vancouver stack? No, no, just stack. stack. Um, well, it, it's honestly all, in my opinion, up to the team. Because if you're going to stack with um, a team like Buffalo, Arizona, it doesn't really make sense to do that because most of the games most likely are going to be losing. So that's... Uh, risk with the plus minus and that's where i see the biggest downfall so i'm gonna stack see this year i stacked on vegas and vegas is a top it's a it's contender for the cup and they're an excellent team defensively and offensively they're decent and so i yeah i think stacking in the right ways is fine yeah what about you ty um you're talking about your vancouver stack 
um, explain to me why you think stacking is important in fantasy and when should you and when shouldn't you not try to go so, for a stack? For me, stacking, I honestly like the idea of it. Obviously, there's always the risk of your players being shut down. But let's say you have, obviously, this is kind of unrealistic, but let's say you have a Braden Point, Kucherov, and Hedman stack. All three on the top power play for Tampa Bay. Like, how many teams can you guys name that can shut down that power play every single night? Not many, right? Yeah, no. And so, in that sense, I do like stacking. But as Koshi said, it does depend on the team. My Vancouver stack, I'm not 100% confident in. But, I mean, it's a risk I have to take. Yeah. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. Um, uh, last, actually, I'm gonna go into my last season's team. Um, I had a new, I had a New York Rangers stack with Adam Fox, Artemi Panarin, Pavel Buchnevich, and well, mm-hmm. it really paid off for me. Uh, when they, whenever they played, yeah, you might have the odd night where they weren't putting anything at all, but when they were successful against teams like the Flyers, we we know what happened against the Flyers last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, because of Benajak getting like three, four goals, it was it was crazy. But yeah, when the New Jersey Rangers, or sorry, New Jersey Rangers, New York <laughs> Rangers, um, they they put on goals last year. Um, they're yeah, if you if you were paying attention to the standings, you would know that their goal differential was very high. They were getting a ton of, goals, and their power play too was incredible. Like I had Adam Fox on that as that quarterback in Artemi Panarin. And there'd be games where both of them were getting three, four points each end. Getting those power play points, it really boosted my team. So, yeah, I'm a fan of stacks, but you got to remember, you, you can't stack guys teams like 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 what Cameron said. They're not going to put up that many goals. But sometimes it comes down to power plays too. There's sometimes bad teams with good power plays. So if you're able to stack two guys, two, three guys on the same power play unit, and they're successful, then there could be nights where you're getting points from each player. Oh, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, anything else you guys have to say about just starting off our first episode? Um, no, not really. It was a good start. I enjoyed today's conversation about our fantasy, and I look forward to seeing what happens in the season and uh, foreseeing more predictions and seeing what happens in the end. Yeah, uh, I'd have to agree with that too. Um, obviously, really happy to finally get this process underway. Yeah. This is it's something we've been thinking about for a long time and we're going to have lots of advice, tips, rankings, recommendations. And we're going to have lots to talk about in future episodes too we can only talk about so much but last thing i wanted to mention was guys to keep an eye on in free agency there was there were a few surprising guys who didn't get drafted yeah i guess we can all just go over our favorite uh waiver wire pickups for this week yeah um yeah just with the nhl season underway there's a few uh a few um attractive right now first of all i'm going to say tyler johnson Exposure to Patrick Kane and Alex Brinkett as that line one center. Yeah. That's I do like that. 
that's that's good i know i know ty know he picked up on that pretty fast but mm -hmm. i i wouldn't expect that one to maintain Blast. for very long when taze kind of gets back into things curvy duck i expect to break out um yeah but actually one guy i wanted is anders lee he went undrafted oh, yeah. in my league that was so I, I drafted jack eichel in the 14th round i think 13 14th round and I stashed him on my IR, and I picked up Anders Lee, who I was pretty surprised to see down at free agency. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the New York Islanders, they're, every year, for some reason, people underrate them a little bit. They're not the flashiest team. They don't have a ton of offensive super superheroes, but they're just, they're, if you look at their goalie tandem, their, their defensive core, they, there's like a lot of low-scoring games. But if you look at their power play unit, there's there's a couple things to keep an eye out for. Like you got Matt Barzell, Lee, even like guys like Oliver Wallstrom, JG Pajo, guys who can get some goals on that power play unit. I would not, other than maybe Matt Barzell, Sorokin, Varlamov. There's not a ton of like superstars on that team, but there's a lot of can, a lot, a lot, a lot of. As you could get free agency, who are going to yeah. get some power play one time, maybe get some exposure on line one or two. I would not sleep on the Islanders like usual. They 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 always seem to impress in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, a couple players that stood out to me in free agency is Joel Erickson Eck and Josh Norris. Mm -mm. I know both those guys are getting power play one minutes right as of now. And I believe they're both on line one. I believe Batherson, Norris, and probably Brady to Chuck when he comes back. Yeah, I could check. I think it's those three. And then they got yeah. Stutzla, I think maybe Shane Pinto. And I was about to say Danoff, but he's he's actually uh, Vegas's line three right now. Uh, Vegas yeah. looking good right now. Yeah. But, and then yeah. Joel Erickson Eck wise, he's playing with Kaprizov, breakup player last year, and Zuccarello. So both oh, yeah. those guys, very solid players. I believe Cameron picked up on Zuccarello last year. Yes. Knowing he played that with Kaprizov. Drop Kevin Fiala. Was... <laughs> and yeah, you took Fiala and I dropped him and he just yeah. went crazy for the last half of the season. I also drafted Patrick Lanes, so I can't really talk too much. That was that was a rough season. It's also worth noting, obviously, it's week one. Don't be too worried if your star players don't perform, don't overreact. You know, just give it time, right? I would have to agree, unless it's Tristan Jari. That was a mess for me last year. <laughs> but luckily enough, I've drafted Andre Vasilevsky this year and last year, so I can always be that I have an elite goaltender on my team. But yeah, like just like what Ty said, don't... Don't get too worried. You got to be patient. One week is not going to determine how the whole season's going to go. Some guys are going to boom. Some guys are going to bust right away. It takes time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, speaking of like slow starts, quick starts, if you're a smart fantasy player, you would know that if you give if you give fantasy, if you wait a little bit, you're going to be able to buy some guys really low. Like for example, yeah, last year, Kenny so Malkin... Superstars who were underperforming, like Mika Zibanejad last year. Oh, he was—he came out the gate so slow. 
But if you look at the second half of the season, he was getting like almost a goal per game. So don't give up on your guys too quick, but also pay attention to who's hot, who's not. And be able to buy guys low and sell them high, and that could really give you an advantage in improving your team. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Um, any last notes you guys would like to add? Um, just don't – all the um, listeners out there, don't be afraid to comment some criticism, what you like to hear, what you didn't like to hear, and all that sorts of stuff because it's our first podcast ever and we're still learning the ways of how to do this and we'd love to hear feedback. Yeah, that's fair enough. So for the future of this podcast, we're hoping to get – a bunch of different guests, some being our friends who are also hockey fanatics, and then some who are respected in the fantasy community. Like we've been in touch with NHL Fantasy on Ice, um, just through DMs, nothing serious yet, but maybe we could be looking towards a collab with them in the future, if we're lucky. That'd be pretty amazing. They, we, we we listen to their podcast pretty frequently and they, they do a yeah. great those guys are amazing yeah those guys really know really they know what they're talking about yeah and we'll be we'll be starting with some social media platforms coming up pretty soon here so yeah just stay tuned for those yeah, yeah but i would expect big things from us we're going to be pretty active on this podcast um in the next episode expect some rankings and projections that that'll be a nice episode. We're gonna go into yeah. standings, stat predictions, breakout. We 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 did kind of go into like some breakout predictions and a we little bit, yeah. But we're gonna go into the full picture next up. So stay tuned and, for that. Yeah, that's uh, pretty much all. All right, we'll see you guys later. All right, thank you guys. you guys. Have a good night.